and welcome back to another edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, it is Wednesday, April, April, August 25th, 2021, and I hope you all are having a fantastic day, or had a fantastic day yesterday. It's just, it's freaking hot. It's hot. I'm not really enjoying it. That's why you work inside. That's why you work your way up through the company, or have a relative, and you get to work inside. That's how this works. <laughs> and thankfully for that, I have not only worked at this company for a very long time, I also have a relative who owns the place. So that means I am doubly down to be working inside and thank the Lord for that. But that's not all we're talking about today. We're not talking about just Logan's workday experience. We're talking about everything in the world of sports, mainly just football. But everything in the world of sports, just mostly football, though. And when I say football, I mean American football. And there's a few things in the past couple days that have been going on in Logan Blackman of the Logan Blackman Show's life that has been pretty dang exciting. But before we get into that, make sure you go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram. Go like the Facebook page. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course... You're on it listening right now. Go and follow The Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't done so already. And leave a good rating if you like the show. If not, then just don't leave a rating. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't don't give me a no-star rating. That's not really necessary. I feel that hurts my feelings a little bit. But if you like it, make your experience well-known by giving me a nice five-star rating. I might as well leave a review down below. Now, I know there might be some people out there, namely... I'm not going well, to name names. I won't do that. But there are some of my friends out there that if they're listening to the show would hear me go, don't leave a bad review, and not only leave no stars, they would also say, Logan sucks. Logan stinks. Logan explicitive. Explicit. What? what? Expletive. <laughs> I think. I don't know. This is just a freaking mess to start the show. But mainly what we had going on, we had a fantasy football draft yesterday. Oh my goodness. Monday. August 23rd, another year, another league season has commenced. Yes, yes, sir. And I've been in this league for a very long time. This isn't something that I've just been going in and out of, or it's just once a year thing. Like, oh, get a group of friends together, just ask randomly around, like, hey, do you want to be in a fantasy football league this year? And then after that one year, it's kind of like, oh, it's over. You don't really care anymore. You kind of just did it. You kind of just had people that were randomly in it. They didn't really know what was really going on. We had a few of those people up in my uh, U and I league that we did, I think, once or twice, but different people the second year. This league I am in, I've talked about before, I've been in since seventh grade. This is a league that I've, I, maybe not seventh grade, maybe a little bit later than that, but either way, I've been in this league for a very freaking long time. I'm a, I'm a champion, which is very big. This is a league where it's ultra competitive. We have all lived and died in this by this league. We've had people leave. We've had people come in. We've had people come in and then leave. Or we've had come, people come in and then stay. It's been very nice. And I am one of the illustrious champions of the league. And this is the first time that I can remember that in the league we have split up divisions as champions versus not champions. Usually it's fans of AFC teams versus fans of NFC teams. For those of you who aren't aware... The Buffalo Bills play in the AFC. So I am usually, <laughs> unless the Bills just randomly decide to move the NFC, am in the AFC side. But now, we're in the Champions League side. I guess you could call it that, the Champions League. 
versus not champ- the Europa League. That's what we call it for soccer terms. Champions League versus Europa League. And I am one of the last five. Now, we have had, in the cha- last five champions thing, we have had two repeat champions. One person <laughs> went from champion to last place to champion again. They took a really odd route to get to champion, but they did it. It's like UCF. I think the year before they were cra- they crowned themselves national champions. I think they went 0-12 or something like that. And then the next year, they went like 13-0 or something. And they crowned themselves national champions. It's a very big thing Scott Frost does of crowning himself certain things, even though uh, he's, he's not. And soon, might get fired. Might get fired, which would be very, oh man, be so sad. Be so so sad to watch Scott Frost walk away from Nebraska or Univ- what is it? University of Nebraska? Nebraska University? Nebraska University sounds kind of stupid, but in the league, we had the draft. And draft day, for those of you who have played fantasy football, and even if uh, this will be an ad for you that have never played fantasy football or don't really play fantasy football, the draft is the best day ever. And I, I've I've been really adamant about this. Just in drafts in general, the NFL draft is my favorite thing in the sports world, apart from the actual games. I love the NFL draft ads, as you can tell, because I've done a lot of draft quote-unquote expert stuff, done a lot of mock drafts. We've done the top five or top ten players in each position at offense and defense for the 2022 draft. Friday, we're going to release the top 50 players overall in the 2022 NFL draft, so make sure you stay tuned for that. I got the list done today. So there'll probably be some tinkering before Friday's show comes along because, uh, you know, I overthink things. So I'll be <laughs> I'll be changing that shit up quite a bit. But for fantasy football, it's totally different, obviously, than a normal draft. Fantasy football goes 1 to 10, and then 10 to 1, then 1 to 10, to 10 to 1, or however many teams you have in the league. Most of the time, unless you're a freaking insane fantasy commissioner, you go... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, or how, again, however many teams you have, 8, 12, however many. And then you go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, you know, so on and so forth. I've, ne- I've yet to meet a league commissioner that does the normal draft of 1, 2, 1 starts each round. <laughs> that would be ridiculous, and it'd be extremely hard for the person in 10th to do anything. This isn't like the college draft. You're slim pickings as you get towards the end, <laughs> and that first team... If they don't win the league, good lord. Good freaking lord. But yeah, I had the 10th pick in this year's draft. I had one of my friends offer to trade me the 10th pick, but the 10th pick in fantasy football, football, because of the repeat picks, the closer you are to the end of each round, the better your picks are, essentially. You don't really want pick five. And like, in one hand, you go, well, yeah, we're going we're the same pick every single time, pretty much. We're right in the middle of the draft each time. We're not waiting too long, but you don't have the back-to-back option, which will give you a chance to stack some good players on your team. But with the 10th pick, though you're stacking players, you do have slim pickings. And for fantasy football, for those of you unaware, you draft running backs first. That is like number one rule in fantasy football, draft running backs first. Now, you can draft the odd wide receiver, but Cardinals sin number one in fantasy football is drafting a quarterback in the first round. Logic goes, yeah, quarterback's the most important position on the football field. You should draft a quarterback first overall. At the end of the season, they're going to have the most points. But problem is, 
There's a lot of quarterbacks you can use because there's one per team. Running backs are very hard to come by when they get points. It's very you got to get running backs first. That's basically all I'm saying. And there, there's different levels to each running back. My strategy, and I've talked about this on the show before, my favorite types of running backs are multidimensional running backs that can both be utilized in the run game and also be really strong in the pass game. So my first overall pick, I was targeting, and this was a long shot to happen anyways. I know he was ranked 11th to start it, but no one was drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round. Okay, Travis Kelsey was a sixth-ranked player in fantasy football. No one was drafting Travis Kelsey in the first or even the second round. I think he went in the third or fourth round. No one was doing that. So Aaron Jones, sitting as the 11th-ranked player, I'm sitting at 10th and have the 11th pick as well. Like, he's not going to make it to me, but it'd be really cool if he did. And then he gets picked number eight. And then I'm like, shit. (laughs) My two running backs that I would have gone for at the top, I mean... Dalvin Cook's obviously a big one, but I really, really like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, as most people. It's not really a out-there statement to say, like, oh, man, I think Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are really good running backs. Whoa, how would you find the courage to say something so brave? To say something like that. But you can't really go wrong with the top, like, what, five running backs, which is, like, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry... Alvin Kamara, and I think Saquon's up there. If Saquon stays healthy, obviously he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, even though, even before last year, has less rushing touchdowns than Josh Allen. That's something. I think Josh Allen also, since getting drafted, has more rushing touchdowns than Ezekiel Elliott. And sadly, a report, I did not get Josh Allen. I drafted Josh Allen his rookie year with the very last pick in the draft as a meme. And then he actually did very well towards the end of the season, fantasy-wise. Start of the season, not so much. Never cut him. I had the jersey on while I drafted him. I was so like, oh, got to draft Josh Allen. Got to draft Josh Allen as a joke. Like, there was some jokes going around last night. Oh, you're going to draft Tim Tebow. And I really thought about it because my last pick, I didn't have a backup tight end. Could have done it. And in hindsight, probably could have. <laughs> I don't have a back tight, backup tight end anyways, but... Could I have thrown him on IR? He's not on a team. So he's not playing. But that kind of is an IR spot just for meme purposes. Does that make sense? Can I, could I have done that? But my first two picks in the draft, since obviously Aaron Jones didn't follow me, I thought... No, I didn't. I almost, I was going to say I thought about drafting Josh Allen my first pick. No, I didn't. But it would have been pretty funny if I did. I took Jonathan Taylor. And then my second pick, I took Najee Harris. Now, this one's a little shaky for me on a couple fronts. So, Jonathan Taylor, let's start with him first, had a very good year last year. I think he was either first or second in the league in rushing in regards to rookies. I think James Robinson was either right below him or right above So, he was third in the league in rushing, just overall. Jonathan Taylor was. 1,169 LOL yards. And he's behind one of the, not, not well, yeah, one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the league. Not just run-blocking, one of the best O-lines in the league. But he lost Anthony Costanzo. Quentin Nelson's a little banged up right now. Carson Wentz, what's going to be his situation? But I'm banking on the fact, if Carson Wentz is hurt, Frank Reich and co. are going to lean on the run game. They have some good wide receivers, Michael Pittman being the main guy there. T.Y. Hilton's still there. But I'm hoping that they give the rock to Jonathan Taylor like they did last year. Jonathan Taylor is a very good running back. The only issue, really, if I had to nitpick here... He's not really used 
that insanely in the past game. He's not like a freaking liability in the past game or anything. He just doesn't get used that often comparatively. But if I was going to compare him to Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, but <laughs> nobody's up there at that level. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor was my first pick. Second pick, Najee Harris. This one can go one of two ways, which is how most things go in football. You're either really good or bad. The reason it could be good is because Najee Harris is used a lot in the passing game. He's one of the best pass-catching backs, not just in last year's draft. Coming in a league, he's one of the best in the NFL. His hands are very good. Him and Travis Etienne, who we'll get to in a little bit, are insane receivers out of the backfield. And Mike Tomlin, you look at the success he had with Le'Veon Bell, Najee Harris is just a more mature version of Le'Veon Bell and a better player coming in the league than Le'Veon Bell, who was drafted in the third round, which isn't a bad draft spot for running back. And he had a great career until uh, he decided to sit out and went to the Jets. <laughs> then everything kind of went downhill from there. But Najee Harris is freaking ridiculous. For that guy that big, that can catch the ball like he can, and as elusive as he is, that's huge. The problem with Najee Harris is not anything really to do with Najee Harris himself. It has everything to do with their offensive line. Obviously, the Steelers lost some big names on the offensive line. It's pretty much a revamped line. Pouncey's gone. Filer went to the Chargers. And Villanueva went to the Ravens. So you have three new pieces. I think there might even be a fourth piece that's new on the offensive line that you got to move on. And I don't know. You can't really upgrade on those pieces because those are some of the staples of the offensive line over the past decade for the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been very good people at those positions. Some would say probably the best at their positions. Not Maybe not Villanueva, but the other two, Pouncey and Filer, two of the best at their position over the past few seasons. And now they're gone. But Ben's older. The receivers in Pittsburgh have shown they are liable to drop passes. Like Deontay Johnson against the Bills got benched after like he dropped the first three passes targeted at him. So that's what I'm also banking on. But that old line scares me. But I know Tomlin likes to use his running backs in the pass game. I know the Steelers receivers are very have very iffy hands or very shaky feet because they're turning their heads around and not looking the ball into their chest or into their hands. But yeah, I like Najee Harris a lot. I hope he works out. And while we're on the topic of rookie running backs, I drafted Travis Etienne as well. The first big injury this season... Like, really big. Like, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, obviously big injuries, but they're coming back. We had that really weird and random time schedule for their return, 5 to 12 weeks. At the end, is out for the season. That screwed up everything. <laughs> for a guy that was going to used, get used a ton in the past game. With Urban Meyer literally saying, we're going to use Travis Etienne sometimes at wide receiver. Because they were targeting Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida who got drafted by the Giants at pick 20. That's what they were targeting. And Etienne has all the tools in his arsenal to be just like that. I remember at the time, everybody was freaking out because, oh, James Robinson just rushed for 1,000 yards. They have a good running back in James Robinson. But you look at all these tandems, running back tandems that worked so well in the NFL, why would the Jags not do that? You pair up Trevor Lawrence with a familiar player in Travis Etienne, who is utilized in multiple phases of the offense. Now he's hurt with a, it was a foot injury, but I don't remember the exact, start with an L, but it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't say, because it can't help me out now. Thankfully, we have the RR, IR positions on the roster, because I don't want to get rid of him in case he comes back, because I really like Travis Etienne. If you've listened to the show long enough, 
you know how much I like Travis Etienne. Because he's a great receiver in the backfield. He got better as a receiver every single year at Clemson. Trevor Lawrence trusts him with the ball in his hands. And Clemson obviously trusts the ball with his hand. With the him with the ball in his hands. And now he's out. So James Robinson back to getting a shitload of carries again. But Etienne, hopefully he comes back this season. And then the other running back I drafted was Clyde Edwards-Alaire from the Kansas City Chiefs. Banger bust right here. He was the first running back taken in 2020 because of the fact he can be used in the passing game a lot. And compared to Jonathan Taylor, who was drafted third out of the running backs in that draft class behind him and DeAndre Swift, doesn't didn't have a lot of mileage on him. A lot less mileage than Jonathan Taylor did. We talked about that when talking about Brees Hall in the 2022 mock draft for the upcoming season. Brees Hall has a ton of carries. Jonathan Taylor had a ton of carries, which is why we saw Jonathan Taylor dip into the third, the second round. It was the third running back taken. He had more carries in two years than Clyde Edwards-Alaire and DeAndre Swift combined. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was three years. And both of those dudes combined did not equal <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's carries. Which, that's just how Wisconsin works. Wisconsin's a running back factory, pretty much. You look at all the good running backs they've had over the years, and Jonathan Taylor's the latest one. And in the NFL, he's the better running back, but in the past game, Clyde edwards is the better one. And you saw some flashes early last season, like the game against Buffalo, where Clyde edwards was really good. And then they stopped utilizing him as much, and then Le'Veon Bell came into the fray, so it was kind of wishy-washy with him. He's a first-round draft pick last year in fantasy football. I drafted him, I think, in the third round. Last pick in the third round. I'm a little shaky about it, but if you look at the other weapons outside of Hill and Kelsey for the Chiefs, McCole Hardman's there, and then it's pretty much a who's who of wide receivers. Like, everybody talks about how great the weapons are. It's really just two people, and then Hardman's a, a good option. But they're not to the level of Hill and Kelsey. I'm hoping, and the problem is Mahomes is not a checkdown guy, so I'm hoping they run the ball a little bit, make their offense a little bit more, I don't know, it's hard to say more dynamic because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they, they have made the blueprint for dynamic offenses in the NFL. It's crazy to think the two most dynamic offenses in the league, the Bills and the Chiefs, don't have a running game really. The Chiefs have a better running game than the Bills do. Because the Bills run game is pretty much non-existent. And I drafted the Bills running back. <laughs> I got at, So we did a Zoom call last night. Because everybody was in different parts of the country. It was kind of crazy. But we've been doing this league forever. So it's not going to end with people moving to different places. League still lives on. And I heard someone in the background go, Logan, what do you think the Bills are going to do this year? I'm going on this spiel about what I think they're going to do. And I was worried about the run game. Both on offense and defense. And in saying that, I was like, oh, I'm going to draft Zach Moss. Because between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, in my opinion, after watching them last year, I think Zach Moss is better, just slightly. It's not like a mountainous gap or a Grand Canyon-sized gap between Moss and Singletary. But I do think Moss is the better running back. But he's coming off an ankle injury. I don't think he's played in the preseason. Devin Singletary's played pretty well. Moss was taken after Singletary in the draft for here. But I got him. My team pretty much is all young players. My quarterbacks are 2020 draft picks. And if you know the 2020 NFL draft, you should know who the quarterbacks are. 
Jordan Love and Tua. <laughs> no, it was Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are my two quarterbacks. Obviously, I wanted Josh Allen. Couldn't get him. Zach Moss was the only Buffalo Bill I got. My friend Ryan got both Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That kind of hurts the soul a little bit. But yeah, Herbert's in. Burrow's in the backup. I love both of those dudes. We've, we've talked a lot about how good these two quarterbacks are and how good Joe Burrow was before he got hurt and how good Joe, Justin Herbert was during Joe Burrow's time and after. You call it B, B, <laughs> BJ and AJ. Before Joe, after Joe. Or blowjob. <laughs> oh, man. This is comedy. We are having a good time. But yeah, the quarterbacks I was really happy with. Got AJ Brown. Another, well, he was 2019 draft, but younger player. Also got TJ Hawkinson, another 2019 draft class person. Drafted player. Debo Samuel, younger player as well. McCole Harden, we just talked about him with the Kansas City Chiefs. Got him. Curtis Samuel, I got him pretty late. And then we also got uh, D, uh, Corey Davis from the New York Jets. He'll be their number one wide receiver. And I'm picking up, we'll see if this goes through, because obviously I just said I moved Travis Etienne to IR. I'm trying to pick up Elijah Moore. So hopefully by the time this shows out, Elijah Moore is on my roster because I really like Elijah Moore. And I've talked about why I think the Jets and Zach Wilson, not just the Jets, Zach Wilson will lead the rookies in passing yards just because of the fact Jets did a good job at adding pieces this offseason, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, getting Elijah Vera Tucker in there, Michael Carter from North Carolina. This is what the Jets look like with smart people in charge. <laughs> Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are two very smart individuals. From what we can tell right now, it could all completely fall apart as the years go on. But right now, these are two very smart individuals. You get a quarterback, and you get pieces to help him out. You got a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, and a running back in the same draft. That's what you do when you get a young quarterback, especially one that you're going to start day one. Which is another reason why I think Zach Wilson will lead them in passing yards because of the fact he's going to start day one, no challenge, no questions asked. And the last game he had against the Packers, and I said this, what, last Friday? Zach Wilson's looked the best out of the rookies. And people won't like to hear that because remember, we don't like Zach Wilson because Jets drafted him over Justin Fields and Zach Wilson's a prick and stuff like that. Zach Wilson's been the best rookie out of this draft class. And I told you, the ranking still stands. The ranking's the exact same as it was last week. If I remember correctly, if it's not, please remind me. Of Zach Wilson, Mac, Justin, Trey, Trevor. That's the order of how good these rookies have been. And it's just preseason. So we can't really base a lot of things off of this the preseason. Because again, it's preseason. But, but, but... It is a good barometer for what we can expect from them this season. Kind of. I'm not saying it's going to be exactly how things go. Because Deshaun Kaiser didn't look like the worst quarterback of all time when he played in the preseason. And then he played in the regular season. Turns out he was. (laughs) Or one of them. Almost broke Peyton Manning's interception record. Sam Darnold was about to do the same thing before he mysteriously injured his foot. Just coincidentally that it was around the same time people were talking about, hell man, he might break Peyton Manning's interception record. And then he got hurt. <laughs> but this Jets team is better than the Jets team that drafted Sam Darnold with smarter individuals. And I think Zach Wilson is more talented than Sam Darnold. I'm not saying it like we talked about with Singletary Moss. It's not a massive gap. 
But I do think there is a difference between Sam Darnold and just and Zach Wilson. I think Sam Darnold, this is the only thing that I really think he does better is be bigger, which is something that Mac, Zach Wilson cannot really control. And Zach Wilson, I don't know where this narrative started where he's tiny. Like Colin Coward, I've seen him on a show a few times talking about, oh, I had Zach Wilson, I don't like him, he's a little small. Zach Wilson is not small. He's an inch shorter than Justin Fields and about five pounds less than him. Maybe 10. Like, it's not like he's five foot 10, 180 pounds. That's small. 6'2", 215, 220 is not very small. He doesn't look very big, and those numbers might be bloated a little bit because I've been on a football roster, and you pretty much choose your height and weight within reason, I guess. You can't really go, I'm seven foot 300 pounds when you're six foot 200. You can't really do that. But you do it with... Sorry. I got distracted there. My dad just sprayed my window and distracted me on purpose. And it scared me. But back to what we were talking about. You can't go crazy with your height and weight. But you can decide what you are to a certain extent. I don't know if that's what they do because this is at William Penn and at Johnston High School. So it's a little different levels of stuff here. But Elijah Moore, back to what we were originally talking about, I think will be very good. Now, I'm not on the same boat as A.J. Brown, who is on my team, of Elijah Moore winning Rookie of the Year. Because we've talked about this before. If you have a rookie wide receiver going off and a rookie quarterback going off, the quarterback's going to win. Unless Zach Wilson throws more interceptions than touchdowns, then Elijah Moore won't win Rookie of the Year, even if he has an insane rookie year. Which could very well be the case. Because Denzel Mims is out with an injury. I don't know how long. I haven't heard the exact extent extent of the injury. But he's going to be out. You're going to have Corey Davis to compete with. You're going to have Michael Carter to compete with for touches. Jets aren't bad. They're not going to be, like, good, but they're not going to be 2-14. and 14. Well, they can't because they're 17 games now, but they can't. They weren't going to do that if they were 16 games either. But, yeah, is that pretty much all I got on my team? And then I got the 49ers defense, which, if healthy, is one of the best units in the league. You need them healthy. I was talking to my dad earlier today. The last time Nick Bosa was coming off an injury, he won Rookie of the Year. So what's he going to do now that he's coming off this injury? Because, <laughs> remember, he sat out, like, half the season at Ohio State his last year there. With a uh, chest injury, I think it was. And then came back and the NFL got drafted second overall and won Rookie of the Year for the Defensive Rookie of the Year by a pretty big landslide between Max Crosby and then I don't remember who the other player was. Was it Quinnen Williams? No, it wasn't. He sucked his rookie year. Who was the other Rookie of the Year candidate with Max Crosby and Nick Bosa? I remember, but he's very good. <laughs> Just uh, very good. I'm not going to say he's better than Joey, I think Joey Bosa is one of the most underrated, not just defensive ends, one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. That dude's a freaking beast, and I don't think Nick's at that level yet. And then I got Matt Gay as my kicker. And we are the Washington Foreskins. Remember we talked about that on the Logan Blackman show last year when Washington football team was coming up to trying to figure out a name. We talked about the Washington Foreskins possibly becoming a team. And my logo is Jalen Ramsey getting choke slammed by A.J. Green. Because I think if a foreskin was a person, it'd be <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. Oh, man. There's some great names in fantasy football. You get you got to get creative with your fantasy football names. Now, obviously, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to say names. But I think I should read out some of the names that we got here. So, under the influence, that's our commissioner. Now, if you know the league, you'll know who the commissioner is. But I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to incriminate anybody. Now that these names are like terrorist groups or... 
anti-Semitic or whatever these things are. They're not any of that, but I'm just not going to say names so it's a mystery on who these teams are. Ass Eater Yum was another name in there. Tinder Tinder Premium is another team name in there. Jackson Mahomes is in there, the the brother, the way more talented Mahomes brother. The Washington Foreskins, as me. The GOAT of 6-6 teams. Then we got Pat Maboned, regular season champion, Sergeant Jonathan St. Clair, respect the troops, Jonathan St. Clair, and that big time K Hunt. That's what we're going to call him, even though that's not what it's, <laughs> that's not what it is. It's not how it's pronounced, but that's what we're going to call it. So yeah, that's the league. And I'm very excited, apart from Travis Etienne getting thrown on IR hour, no, not even hour, minutes after the draft ended. That was pretty freaking awesome. I got the update that he got hurt right after the draft, and then this morning, I see he's on IR, which is fantastic. But yeah, I like my team. I'm, I'm According to the fantasy football app, I'm projected to finish fourth, which I'm completely content with. A lot of people really liked my team last night, or a lot. There was about... We went around and only a few people answered what their favorite teams were. I didn't really answer my favorite teams were in the league. But a couple people said my team. I had to defend my team a little bit. And it was one of those situations where you make fun of your team. You don't want other people to make fun of them. Like, okay, if you have a friend, you like making fun of your friends. At least I do. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to see someone else making fun of your friend that you don't know or is not their friend. It's like, wait, 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 hold on here. I make fun of him. I destroy his self-esteem, <laughs> not you. So that was kind of this way. I can make fun of my team. I can be op- less optimistic about it. Because it's my baby. It's my fantasy football team. We're the Washington Foreskins. we got to win this year. So I had to defend it last night. And I was kind of surprised how much, <laughs> I was, uh, how much I was taking. I was like, what? I didn't even say my team was that good. I'm getting attacked. <laughs> but it was fun. A fun draft. Love fantasy football drafts. Love fantasy football in general. I don't know how many other leagues I'm going to do. Probably just this one, but one of my friends on Saturday, we were getting together to watch Sporting Kansas City versus Minnesota United. We had a league, and he randomly started it up again. I think the draft's on Friday at, <laughs> at um, when is that draft at? Like 7 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, 7 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> so, gotta get up for the draft. I don't know how many people he's told are drafting on Saturday at 7 o'clock in the morning. But hey, we're gonna have a league, I guess. So that'll be that'll be kind of fun, right? Oh man. Fantasy football is fun. I think the best part about fantasy football is last place. Obviously, winning the league is fun. I am one of the few people in the league, or at least out of the champions, that has not made it to the Sacco Bowl, which if you've watched the TV show The League, you know what the Sacco Bowl is. I have not made it there yet. I've had some atrocious teams over the years, but I've been an eight seed. I'm also one of the few teams that has never lost a first-round playoff game. I've lost in the second round a shitload of times. Never lost in the first round. Again, that's as eight seeds, too, which is freaking awesome. I came into the playoffs last year, started the season awful, and then somehow I won the freaking division, which was ridiculous to me, but somehow we did it. We clawed it back. <laughs> managed. Derrick Henry started scoring touchdowns. A.J. Brown was going off when he was healthy. I was nervous. The one thing I'm nervous about is my players with um, competition. So, like, all my wide receivers have competition. Like, A.J. Brown's got Julio Jones. Then you've got Tyler Lockett with D.K. Metcalf. Then you got Corey Davis with Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore with Corey Davis. Debo Samuel with Brandon Ayuk. And George Kittle. 
Curtis Samuel with Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. McCole Hardman with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obviously. Because I'm hoping to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire more than McCole Hardman this year. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, there's a lot of competition for places on my roster, so I'm kind of nervous about that. But on paper, I like the team. I I think fourth place is a good projection. Obviously, it's just a projection. It can change over time. But I'm fine with that for right now. I, I didn't want to be projected to win the league first day because <laughs> that's a lot of pressure to win the league right off the bat. Ah, oh, man. How long have we been talking about fans? That half hour? Good freaking lord. Half hour in fantasy football. I think it's time we move on to another subject. So, I saw this on Instagram today. And this will get talked about more and more as the season goes on. About Or as we get closer to the football season for the NFL. These NFC teams didn't make the playoffs last season. Which one is most likely to make the playoffs this season? Same thing goes for the AFC. Now, I did this, but twisted it a little bit. I ranked the teams on most likely to make the playoffs to least likely. Now, if you listen to the show for a little bit or just know football in general, I think there's two that stand out right away in regards to not making the playoffs. And that is obviously the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. Those two teams are atrocious. I feel bad for David, what is his name, David Coley down in Houston. Took a job that no one wanted. Really weird situation. You don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I love Tyrod Taylor, but good Lord, there's not a lot I'm expecting him to do this year. Their defense is awful. And looking at their schedule this year, like I mean this in the most sincerity, I think we might have our first 0-17 season. And we might have our first one ever. On the first attempt of the 17 games, 0-17. Reading out their schedule, I don't know where their win comes. You got Jacksonville, Cleveland, Carolina, Buffalo, New England, Indy, Arizona, LA, the Rams, Dolphins, Titans, Jets, Colts, Seahawks, Jaguars again, Chargers, Niners, and Titans. Where the hell is the win there? I guess you can make an argument for like the Jaguars... Maybe they upset the Colts. Maybe they beat Carolina, the Jets. I don't know. But I don't know where the win is. Now, I'm not, this is not a little like sneak peek to my NFL preview thing, but where's the win? I've seen a few predictions of like three wins. Who the hell do you have them beating? That is, I don't know who's their team they're going to beat this year. And again, I'm not giving, that's not a preview. For my actual preview. It could be, but it's I'm not going to give you all my hits on that. But the Lions, they'll also stink. Their defense sucks. The only really redeeming quality they have on the roster is a, a, a decent off the line. Like Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, and then I know Panay Sewell's been struggling this preseason, but he didn't play last year, so there's going to be some adjustment period that's going to be needed for him. But Ragnow and Taylor Decker are two of the most underrated offensive linemen in the NFL. And now another thing that kind of works for them is Anthony Lynn at O coordinator. And that is a weird thing, but they have no wide receivers. Anthony Lynn does not care for passing. Anthony Lynn is a run-first guy. So DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, whoever else they have at running back are going to get their touches. And then they have no wide receivers, and Dan Campbell, being a former tight end, is going to get the ball to TJ Hawkinson, who was like fourth or fifth in receiving yards for tight ends last year. Like, 
he'll get his touches this year. I don't know who's going to touch the ball for the team, for the Lions this year. I think Brashad Perriman is on the roster. I think Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyrell Williams, and we got Quintez Cephas, Geronimo Allison still in the league. <laughs> I that's I don't know. Maybe they all get huge carry. Maybe they all get huge numbers and Jared Goff goes freaking off this year. I severely doubt it. But those two teams are ass, so they will not be making the playoffs. If they do, I gotta come up with some type of forfeit for that, which we'll talk about probably in the video because I didn't think of anything right now. If they even... If those two teams don't have the number one and two pick, I'll be absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. And then we'll move on to number eight. For the AFC, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. Just because of the fact that they got Trevor Lawrence, they got some good draft picks, they had the second worst defense in the league last year behind, you know, you guessed it, the Detroit Lions. They got some pieces on defense. The Urban Meyer thing could work. The problem is there's been a lot of college coaches that come into the NFL and not worked out. Like Pete Carroll in his first stint in the NFL didn't work out. Nick Saban did not work out. It doesn't always work. Jimmy Johnson's one of the, ex the examples of college coaches moving to the NFL and succeeding and winning Super Bowls, but even he didn't do that right away. They sucked in his first few years with the Dallas Cowboys. And then you got Bobby Petrino leaving the Falcons after half a season because he didn't get Michael Vick because Vick got arrested. That's part of the issue you got there. You got to know what's going on this offseason. That kid thing could go off. I don't know how it's going to work. There's some people that are tipping the Jaguars to go like somewhere near 500. This is a team that won one game last year. Trevor Lawrence is a big addition, but they've got more issues on their team than quarterback. Because Gardner Minshew is not a terrible quarterback. I'm not saying he's the most insane quarterback of all time or even that great. He's not terrible. So they have other issues. They addressed some of them, like getting, you know, pass-catching running back to partner with James Robinson until he got hurt. You got Marvin Jones this offseason. You drafted Tyson Campbell from Georgia. You've got some pieces coming back. Their run defense still sucks. So we'll see how they do. We'll see how the Jaguars do this season. But I'm going to put them at eighth. Eighth in the NFC. And this is really just a testament to how good I think the rest of the teams are in the NFC. But I'm going to put the Falcons as that second-to-last team in the AFC. And I realized I put the Vikings on here twice. <laughs> so I got to delete that and make sure to add the other team before I just absolutely embarrass myself, which is what I'm kind of doing now. But the Falcons, similar thing to the teams I've already mentioned. Defense sucks. Their offense, Arthur Smith. I really like Arthur Smith. I like Calvin Ridley. I like Matt Ryan. They got a decent off the line. I really like Kyle Pitts. We'll see how Calvin really does without Julio Jones there because obviously having a receiver with the acclaim and the recognition that Julio Jones has, it's going to take a lot of pressure off you. So we'll see how he does with the, uh, the defense's main focus going on him. Now Kyle Pitts is obviously going to take some of the focus there, but he's a rookie. They'll probably wait a little bit to leave that go on him, but their defense is just awful and they'll get hurt. I, I don't know. I'm just not a big believer in the Falcons' defense, so I'm going to put them at eight. Number seven for the AFC, I'm going to put the Cincinnati Bengals. Their defense, they've got some decent pieces on defense. The only issue is, really, is Joe Burrow coming off a torn ACL. He'll be a little slow off the gate, is what I'm thinking he'll be. And I don't really like Zach Taylor as a coach. 
So there's two things I'm not really a huge fan of. I mean, Joe Burrow, I love Joe Burrow, but he's coming off a, a knee injury. He'll get a little time to get comfortable and get familiar with everything, and then he'll be back to normal. But they, I don't know, they got one of the more underrated safeties in the league on their defense. They've got some decent players on defense. They got a decent O line. They got some really good weapons outside. They got a good running back. I don't know. The Bengals and the team at number six, I could flip back and forth and be perfectly fine with it. And for the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles, injuries. I mean, defensive line and offensive line, if they're healthy, they're really good. But also to couple with the injuries, I don't know how good Nick Sirianni is going to be as a head coach. That opening press conference was not great. Didn't really instill a lot of confidence in anybody. I don't know how it did for his team. And the fact he hasn't named a starting quarterback. I think 90% of people out there go, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. But hey, it's a new head coach. He might try to do something different. Okay, I don't know why he would choose Joe Flacco. But I guess you can't keep the great ones down, right? And then number six for the AFC, the Jets. Just because Robert Sala is coming in, really good defensive mind. Mike LaFleur is coming in as a really good young offensive coordinator whose style of play will benefit Zach Wilson a lot. You got good weapons for Zach Wilson this offseason. You improved the offensive line. You got some players on defense. Now, you lost Carl Lawson, which is big, but you're getting C.J. Mosley back, which is huge for the leadership standpoint in your defense. The Jets and Bengals, I could really flip back and forth. I just think the Jets... I like their coach more, and I like what they did this offseason more than the Bengals. Like, you can flip them back and forth. I know the Bengals won four games without Joe Burrow, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Zach Taylor. I When they get Joe Brady next season, then we could talk about the Bengals actually being a good team. And then we got six for the NFC, the New York Giants. Their defense is what was their main po- focus last year. They're getting Saquon Barkley back. And I don't know what their whole situation was, Daniel Jones. Because on one hand, most logical teams would go, if he's not good this year, we cut ties with him. See, he wasn't great his rookie year. Wasn't great last year. I mean, he's athletic. He has all the skills to be a good quarterback. But it's not really all coming together. He has very odd moments in, <laughs> in games, like the tripping thing last year. What was that, against the Jets? I don't remember who that who that was. It was like a 60-yard run. He fell over at like the five-yard line. I don't remember who that was against. But the Giants with Daniel Jones, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Jones. I've made that abundantly clear a few times on this show. But the Giants, I think they like Daniel Jones. At least Gettleman really likes Daniel Jones. And when a GM drafts a quarterback, they're going to be a little more tense to get rid of their quarterback because a GM's, a GM's career and a quarterback's career will always be tied up. Every single time. More so than the coach and quarterback. Because the GM has the final say. Coach can give all the, whatever you want to call it, the advice towards the co- towards the GM, but the GM's going to ultimately make the decision he wants. Like, you look at the Bears as a prime example. Ryan Pace apparently told Patrick Mahomes he was the number one quarterback. John Fox apparently thought they were going to draft Jamal Adams. And the Bears ultimately trade up and draft Mitchell Trubisky, who didn't even know he was going to get drafted by the Bears. They didn't even call him on draft night. He found out when everybody else found out. I don't know how Ryan Pace in the job either. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but Giants, they got Kenny Galladay, which is big. Saquon Barkley's back, which is big. Hopefully Evan Ingram can discover, rediscover his hands because that will be big. And Daniel Jones just pl- play a little more consistently. You got rid of um, Kevin Zeitler on the offensive line. Now he's in Baltimore. We'll see how that loss is. 
yeah, I'm going to put them at six, just above the Eagles. Five in the AFC, the Raiders. I mean, it's just the Raiders. Defense stinks. Offense has got some bright spots to it, but the defense is awful. We're going to try and move a little bit faster now. Carolina Panthers at five. I really like the Panthers. It all depends on how good Sam Darnold is. Because if, if he's as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, the Panthers might actually be a pretty decent team. Not necessarily like a 12-5 and five team or 11-6 and six team even, or maybe not even a 10-7, and seven, but somewhere above five, like 9-8. and eight. They could definitely do that this year. If Sam Darnold's as good as what we think he's going to be in Carolina with an offensive-minded head coach, with a really good offensive coordinator in Joe Brady, with Christian McCaffrey back, with two really underrated wide receivers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, with an improved defense, young and improved defense, they could actually be a decent team. The only problem is they're in this division with the Bucks and Saints. <laughs> so that'll be a little bit... I'm not saying the Saints are going to be world beaters either, but they're still more experienced than the Panthers. I think this year will be a nice gelling year for the Panthers, and then the next year, whether Sam Donald's a quarterback or not, they will be better next year because they're going to be a little more experienced. They might get Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun Watson might be in jail. Who the hell knows on that situation? But I like them. Number four for the AFC, the Denver Broncos. Defensively, I don't think anybody has any questions defensively. And I don't think outside of quarterback they have a lot of questions offensively. You got a good old line, nice pass-catching tight end, really good weapons on the outside. If Cortland Sutton stays healthy, that's a bonus. You got Javante Williams in the second round, that's awesome. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Garrett Bowles proved he's an actual decent off-the-lineman. Quarterback, though quarterback that's the issue we're dealing with right here everything else if you just took away the quarterback everything else says that's a good team well I guess head coach too John Fox or not John Fox uh crap what the hell's his name Vic Fangio and Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater doesn't really breed life into a lot of fans but their defense is really good really really good that quarterback thing just scares me number four for the NFC the Minnesota Vikings young team Improved defense. There, Everybody that was hurt last year with the Vikings is coming back. They brought in Patrick Peterson, which will be big, big for the leadership on the defensive side of the ball. Harrison Smith's still there. Daniel Hunter is still there, I guess. They got a lot of beef inside as well. They got Dalvin Tomlinson this offseason. It's really big for stopping the run. Offensively, I mean, O-line's improved. I mean, it's hard to get worse than what they were. Getting Darisaw in the first round, then getting Wyatt Davis in the third round. Losing Riley Reef is big, and still having Dakota Dozer on the roster and Garrett Bradbury is not great. But you got Dalvin Cook, Kirk's an overly hated quarterback. Then you got Justin Jefferson on the outside. You got Jalen, just he's Adam Thielen on the outside. Irv Smith Jr. Troy Aikman's gonna be very excited to watch Irv Smith Jr. this year. They could be good. It just needs to. We just need to see how good their defense is this season because it was just really young and inexperienced last year. They had some inexperienced piece on offense, too. Ezra Cleveland came in as a developmental piece and never played guard before and then was automatically slotted into left guard because their own line was so bad. And he didn't look great, one, because he shouldn't have been playing right away, and two, he's not a guard. So there was a little bit of an issue there and a little bit of a learning curve. Hopefully he's better this year. The Vikings at four, because I think the other teams above them have a really good shot at making the playoffs. And... Yeah, we'll get to those teams a little bit. Three for the AFC New England Patriots. I could flip around 
three and three, two, one, however many ways you want for both the AFC and NFC. For the AFC, the top three I have, one to three is Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots. Dolphins and Patriots are in a division with the Bills. Chargers in a division with the Chiefs. The thing is, I think the AFC East is better, which is weird to say, than AFC West. Which might be asinine to say. Might be sacrilege to say. But, outside of the Chiefs, the Chargers are going to be good this year. Broncos got a good defense, questionable quarterback, and the Raiders are just a giant question mark. The Jets are improved. The Dolphins were good last year, and I think they led the league in takeaways. And the Patriots are getting everybody back from COVID and injuries. They figured out the Stephon Gilmore situation. They got two really good tight ends in the offense in this offseason. They got Trent Brown back. Patriots are back to being, I mean, decent. They're not going to go 7-9 and nine this year. One, because it can't because there's, again, 17 games. But they won't go 7-10. Seven and seven and ten. Let's just say that. And then the Dolphins, it just depends on how good two is. Got in Will Fuller, who's going to be suspended to start the season. They got in Jalen Waddell. So I guess we'll see how the offense looks. Defense, we pretty much know what they're going to get because of Brian Flores, who's a defensive-minded head coach, former D coordinator for Bill Belichick. We know what we're getting from the Miami Dolphins on defense. Xavier Howard's situation is cleared up. He signed a new contract. Byron Jones is still there. Christian Wilkins is still there. They got good players on defense. They'll be fine there. Offensively is the question mark. Both backs, running back and quarterback. Tua doesn't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to save him. The Dolphins don't have that either. So maybe the Patriots can put them above there. I just think the Chargers, the main reason I put the Chargers number one is because they got the best quarterback, which can be a decider when trying when you got a tiebreaker. Most of the time, you can figure things out by who's got the better quarterback. And the Chargers have the best quarterback out of those three. He broke almost every single rookie passing record last year. Brandon Staley literally said they are going to throw the shit out of the football. They're going to be healthier on defense, knock on wood. Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the NFL. He just hasn't played in two years. So everybody kind of forgets how good he is. Chris Harris is a good corner. The other side is a little bit more concerning with Michael Davis, but not terrible. Joey Bosa's back. You've got, again, Derwin James back is massive. you got a new, improved offensive line. You've replaced four players on the offensive line. Four. And you've got Corey Lindsley and Filer, who we mentioned earlier. O'Shea Adebe from the Detroit Lions. Then you draft Rashawn Slater at 13. And Brian Balaga's still there. He's going to get hurt, but he's there right now. you got Jared Cook this offseason. Austin Eckler's back and healthy. The Chargers, mainly just because of the quarterback, are ranked higher than them. And I just love the fact they got Brandon Staley, too. He's the D coordinator for the Rams that just had the number one defense in the league last year. He's coming to the Chargers, whose number one question since, like, forever has been their defense. Every single Chargers team in the 21st century, it feels like, their defense has been the question mark. They've had consistency from most of the time from Phillip Rivers, Danian Tomlinson, Vincent Jackson, rest in peace, Vincent Jackson, Malcolm Floyd, I don't know why I said Malcolm Floyd before, Antonio Gates, Keenan Allen, now Justin Herbert, Melvin Gordon was really good, like two years, and defensively there was just injuries all the time. The thing that held the team back more often than not was defense. And now they actually got a defensive-minded head coach because every single time they've had, ever since Marty, they've had offensive-minded head coaches. You had Norv Turner, 
Mike McCoy, and then Anthony Lynn. All three of them, uh, Norv Turner, really good offensive coordinator, terrible head coach. Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn are suspect offensive coordinators and terrible head coaches. I think Anthony Lynn, on the face of it, is a good head coach. Like, if you just looked at him, you're like, oh, that's a head coach right there. No-nonsense type of head coach. But he doesn't know how to game plan or anything. And that's what ultimately did the Chargers in. He wasn't going to play Justin Herbert until Tyrod Taylor got his lungs punctured. That's all you need to know about the situation. So yeah, I'm going to put the Chargers at one. And then for the NFC, any order you want. The only reason, this is literally the only reason I have the Cowboys at number one on here is because of the fact they can win the division. I don't think the Niners and Cardinals are going to win the division, but I think the Cowboys have a chance. I'm not saying they will, because again, we got to go over the preview here, but I'm just going with most likely to make the playoffs. That's what the thing said. Who is the most likely to make the playoffs? The Cowboys have a more reasonable shot at winning the division, which locks up a playoff berth. Regardless, they have a one-way ticket to the playoffs. A guaranteed playoff ticket. Niners and Cardinals don't. They're going to be good, really like both teams. I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does. I'm excited to see what Kyler Murray does this year with A.J. Green on his roster, J.J. Watt. Chandler Jones is still there technically. I don't know if he's still looking for a trade or anything. But I would put the Cardinals 3, Niners 2, Cowboys 1. Cowboys defense sucks. On paper, they're the third best team here. The only reason I have them at one, again, is because of the fact they can win their division. San Fran and Arizona, I guess, realistically could win their division. I mean, it's very low. You have a team that has the number one offense who just upgraded a quarterback. It's going to be hard to beat them. it has got the best head coach in the division. It's going to be a little difficult to beat that team. But this is the best division in football, the NFC West. The best division in football, pretty much by far. I would not be shocked if all four teams made the playoffs from that division. The Cowboys just have that one ticket that can guarantee them a playoff spot. And I'm not saying they're going to get that ticket, but that chance makes them the most likely to make the playoffs. I know, I, my heart of hearts, I don't want to rank the Cowboys first, but they just have the most likely opportunity to do that. The 49ers and Cardinals might have better records than them, but we saw last year in the NFC East, the freaking Washington football team made the playoffs at 79. Until the last game of the season when this Eagles benched Jalen Hurts for, what, Sudfeld? The Giants were going to make the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. <laughs> So we had a terrible division last year. But they'd still make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying here, which is ridiculous to think about. Oh, my goodness. That division is just ass. Oh, my God. And then we got this. This popped up on my Twitter today. Lamar Jackson getting doubted again. I've talked about this before. I don't get the necessary hate for Lamar Jackson. It doesn't make any sense. I really don't understand it. The dude was a unanimous MVP, and then still, the next year, as he's getting hated on, has another 1,000-yard rushing season, still puts up really good numbers passing, suspect accuracy. Sure, I understand that. That dude, Lamar Jackson, does things in the NFL no one else can do. No one. Against the Titans in the playoffs, he turned a 10-yard loss and a sack to a 50-yard touchdown run. No one else in the NFL can do that from the quarterback position. Nobody. I can hear your arguments for Kyler Murray. He's not as fast as Lamar Jackson. He's shorter. His strides aren't as big as Lamar Jackson's. Lamar's faster, taller, everything. He's got a stronger arm. 
Lamar's got a strong arm. It just can be suspect accurate-wise. But he said, Lamar responds to reports of people around the league have said this, that, this might be the year that everybody figures out Lamar Jackson. No, this might be the year that the Ravens actually decide to call different plays. Okay? They might actually, you know, try to switch up formations, try to run different plays. They got two new wide, three new wide receivers. I forgot about Sammy Watkins. J.K. Dobbins is going to be the featured back. You brought in Kevin Zeitler. You brought in Alejandro Villanueva. Now, you lost Orlando Brown, which is big. You lost Matthew Judon, which is big, but that's on the defensive side of the ball. But you brought in Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, Sammy Watkins, who will have a big game week one and get hurt. Marquise Brown, when healthy and when he you know catches the ball, is a very electric wide receiver. J.K. Dobbins is a very good running back. They're going to be fine. The Ravens are going to be fine. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, went 11-5 last year. And that was a down year. Are we going to drop the Aaron Rodgers quote of my career, my bad years or some people's career years? Is that the situation we're getting into right now? Is that really what we're getting to this level now? <laughs> that Lamar Jackson is to the point where he's getting hated on so much that we have to go, wow, looking back, his last season was actually really good comparing to other of the quarterbacks out there. Like the fact that we're talking about Lamar Jackson asking if Ryan Tannehill is better than Lamar Jackson. I like Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill's career resurgence is one of the best things we've seen in the NFL. He is not better than Lamar Jackson. We talked about that, when was it? During the season, Tiki and Tierney on CBS Sports Radio were talking about that. And to open the segment, they said, we have Lamar Jackson's Ravens taking on Derrick Henry's Titans. If we were really having the conversation of who's better, you would say Ryan Tannehill's Titans. The fact that he's not even the best player on his own team, and Lamar is, that ends the conversation right there. If Ryan Tannehill's not even the face of the franchise, which Derrick Henry, amazing running back. There's no discredit to Derrick Henry. But if you're making an argument which quarterback's better and one's not even the face of the franchise, you can't end the argument right there. (laughs) That's pretty much it. On the playoff bracket, on the... Playoff picture in Colin Coward's studio. Every starting quarterback in the NFL was on there, except for the Titans' starting quarterback. It was Derrick Henry. And this is not anything saying bad about Ryan Tannehill. It's the same thing we were talking about with Sam Darnold. The people that were having these conversations about Sam Darnold actually being better than Josh Allen, it was the same thing we talked about last year. But now this one's just stupid. Lamar Jackson was the second unanimous MVP in NFL history. And the Ravens didn't change any play calls or any formations the following season. Greg Roman, figure out your offense. Because you need to switch things up a little bit. And the Ravens, they went 11-5 last year. We're acting like they went 6-10 or 5-11. They're still a really good team. Like, (laughs) Lamar Jackson, I think until last year... Every single game he had, they scored only they scored above 20 points. Every single start. Up until one game last year. I think they scored like 18 or 19. That argument's dumb. That Lamar Jackson is not a good quarterback. That is a stupid argument. <laughs> That's very stupid. The year after he won the Heisman, his statistics were better. And people were still talking about, oh, he's a wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, he's a running back. We talked about that stupid running back meme on Monday. I saw that on Instagram today. Like, guys, we got to stop with the running back thing. 
It's stupid. Lamar Jackson is better than Ryan Tannehill. And that's not saying Ryan Tannehill's a bad quarterback. Lamar Jackson's just a really good quarterback. And before we end today's show, I wanted to touch on the Big Ten ACC and Pac-12 alignment thing. I had told about it last night, and when I first heard it, this is pretty dumb on my part, but you'll understand. I, I hope you understand where I was trying to come from. <laughs> I, My friend Noah said that the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 were joining an alliance. So I was like, what, they're doing the super conference thing? They're doing that's a dumb conference. Like you got a cross country matchups, the ACC versus the Pac twelve and the Big Ten. That's stupid. Which is a very dumb way to look at it because obviously it's not that. But it was just the the fact of that mixed with the reports that the SEC was trying to make that super conference, bringing in Michigan, Florida State, Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson, um, who else was there? Ohio State. Those teams. That's what I was kind of thinking of, even though geography. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You got a giant, just northern conference mixed with like Arizona and Arizona State <laughs> and the LA teams. That's about, <laughs> it's a very northern conference. Now, I can see some Pac 12 teams join the Big 10. Big 12 teams, they could join the Big 10 or Pac 12, make perfect sense. But this is basically just to make sure they get more votes than the SEC. They'll vote together. The SEC is turning into a dickhead conference. It's the best conference in college football. I don't think a lot of people are out there disputing that. But it's getting a little too big for its boots, as Stormzy would say. So this alliance is good. And the Big 12, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Like, you're not even going to try and join anything? The Big 12 is going to be done when Texas Oklahoma leave. You're not a Power 5 conference with eight teams. And the two biggest dogs, money-wise, are now gone. That's not a big conference anymore. Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Okie State, all these teams are going to have to join new conferences. Iowa State, Kansas, join the Big Ten. Don't care. Kansas State, join the Big Ten too. Everybody else, don't give a rat's ass where you go. Join the Sun Belt for all I care, Baylor and TCU. (laughs) A TCU, go back to the Mountain West Conference because that made a shitload of sense. (laughs) We're We're in the middle of Texas. We're going to join the Mountain West Conference. The WAC was a weird conference for them, and then they joined the Mountain West. It's like, what the hell is going on here? But the WAC was, the Mountain West is pretty much a de facto WAC conference because the WAC conference, I think, is now an FCS. It's still a basketball conference. I don't know if it's a football conference anymore. But, yeah, we're getting close to college football season. We're getting close. We're getting close to the NFL. Fantasy football's back. College football's almost back. It's pretty damn exciting here in the world of Logan Blackman. And on the Logan Blackman show. The best show you've never listened to. So yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Reminder, we're going to have the top 50 rated players in the upcoming draft for you on Friday. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And with that being said, I've been Logan Blackman. Hope you enjoyed the show. This has been your Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman show. And I will see you all later. Peace. <laughs>